Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second podcast. Second one. Um, this one is going to be about chapter 23, The Great Depression. Um, before we begin talking about that, just checking in real quick. How's everybody doing out there in Corona Land? Everybody doing okay? Watched enough Netflix, played enough PlayStation, having fun with social distancing. Yeah, that, that's that's not fun for me either. Uh, real quick, I do have a, a Walmart story for you. I went on a grocery run, and uh, a lot of people were, you know, staying far away from other people. And some people had on masks and gloves. And this one couple that I saw had on uh, gloves, masks, and they had their hoodie cinched down real tight. You know, like in junior high when you're trying to see how tight you can get your hoodie over your face while only your nose sticks out? They were doing that. I don't know if they were trying to be funny or if they thought their hoodie was going to protect them from the coronavirus. Uh, these are strange times we live in, y'all. I mean, uh, when I bought gas the other day, it was $1.85. That's like 90s prices. Buses are delivering food to our own West Carroll community and communities all over America. Classes have moved to an online format. Don't forget to do your Google Classroom assignments for me. Uh, people are going through changes, a lot of changes. Some people have been out of work for a long time. Now, these changes now probably seem insignificant, but in the future, when you look back on it, if you're a student of history, you'll see how strange and unique the times are that you're living in right now are. Quick shout out to all my students who don't have any Wi-Fi, who are on the internets and parking lots of McDonald's and Burger Kings to try to steal some Wi-Fi, I mean, borrow some Wi-Fi. Uh, you guys are awesome. Stay out there, stay safe. Let's get started. Go to page 563 in your The Unfinished Nation textbook. Uh, in the 1920s, people are buying stocks like crazy. Uh, they borrowed so much money so that they could get rich from the money they made from the stocks. Uh, people borrowed money to buy stocks, hoping that they could get rich and pay off the money they borrowed and then have more money. People were playing the stock market. It was crazy. And then the unthinkable happened. The stock market crashed. People lost fortunes in minutes. Minutes. Incredible. Uh, now, there's this story in the news about uh, U.S. senators who dumped their stocks right before uh, the coronavirus outbreak because they knew that the stock prices were going to plummet and they would lose their money. So they dumped all their stock. Now, uh, they were probably speculating that the stock market drop was going to happen because of the virus. Now it's going to affect the world's economy. A lot of people were upset about that, like really upset when they brought up on charges and stuff. Uh, my professional opinion is they're not going to be brought up on charges, and if they are, nothing's going to happen. So let's go back to the Great Depression. Another problem that contributed to the Great Depression was a lack of innovation. Uh, newer industries in the 30s, like your petroleum industries, chemical, electronics, and plastics, people were not innovating in those. They were more comfortable investing in the older industries, like trains and automobiles and steel and coal. And why these when these businesses took a hit, uh, there's no fallback industry to go back to for Americans to invest in. You know, they put all their eggs in one basket. All the eggs are bad. Ugh, terrible terrible analogy too all right so the american government refused to forgive or reduce the world war one debt instead american banks began loaning money to european government so that they could pay back their war debt 
and Americans then placed protective tariffs on European goods, which made it difficult for Europeans to sell the goods that they did have so that they could pay off their debts. There's this weird uh, circular payment method where a lot of money was going between Europe and the United States, but in reality, no one was really getting paid, except for us, we were getting paid a little bit, but they weren't ever paying their debt down. Pretty messed up. Now, this did contribute to the collapse of the international credit structure, which did help spread the Great Depression across the globe. Probably would have happened anyway, but it sure didn't help. By 1935, 20, 1932, excuse me, 25% of the United States was unemployed. Uh, it was higher in some places. If you look on page 569 of your book, it's got like unemployment rates for different cities. It's pretty scary stuff. Uh, before the coronavirus, uh, the unemployment rate in the United States was as low as it had been in a really long time. This is down to 4%. Now, in the next couple of months, we're going to see that it's not going to be 4% anymore. It's going to go up. But it's probably not going to be 25% unemployment. But, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with this. Unemployment was bad in the industrial north. Some places had an unemployment rate of 80%. That's crazy, y'all. 80% unemployment. In rural areas, conditions were often worse. I'll tell you why. A third of all American farmers lost their land. At the same time, farmers that lived in the Midwest had to deal with an ecological disaster of epic, biblical, world-ending things. That's a terrible word choice, but it was terrible. It was called the Dust Bowl. It was a record drought with high winds, and they had also uh, removed a lot of the native grasses that would hold the topsoil in place. They like plowed it up so they could plant more crops to pay their bills they were behind because the price of crops was low so in other words to get that money back to pay off their bills they had to plant more crops it's like a vicious cycle pretty wild topsoil from oklahoma and missouri and new mexico blew across the midwest uh through the nation's capital out into the atlantic ocean out into ships at sea during the the dust bowl there was like two inches of topsoil from the Midwest on the ships out in the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean. Pretty wild. So let's just review this real quick, all right? Number one, the stock market crashes. Two, unemployment skyrockets. 20, 25%. Some cases, 80%. Farmers were losing their farms, and the Dust Bowl was blowing away farms. Farmers that were left had their farm blow away. Things couldn't get much worse, but they did. But before things got worse they got better for a second here's a positive note check this out the divorce rate went down but do you know why the divorce rate went down it's because the divorce is expensive and people couldn't afford it uh so today for just put it in perspective the average divorce uh how much it costs for a divorce is fifteen thousand dollars per person i got that from a google search i'm not a lawyer but uh google told me that um, so that means $30,000 is how much a couple's going to have to shell out just to get divorced. It's pretty weird. It's still pretty expensive. So you can imagine someone in the 1930s, the stock market crashes, they're unemployed, the farmers have lost their land, the dust bowl's going on. People couldn't afford to get divorced. So it did go down, but mostly because of money. The radio was a great unifier for the American people, as I talked about in the Chapter 21 podcast that I erroneously called chapter 24 people make mistakes anyway everybody had a radio rural people had radios powered by batteries 
country folks had radios that lived in towns city people who lived in high-rise apartments okay kind of high-rise apartments they had radios just nicer ones so everyone had a common experience people would gather on front porches or in houses and listen to the news it was mostly bad at the time during the great depression or uh, baseball games football or something like that and people had this uniquely american experience where we're all experiencing the same thing for example the hindenburg crash uh, it was televised when i say televised i mean over the radio not over tv live while it happened if you'd like to look up hindenburg zeppelin crash broadcast live look it up and uh you get to see a uh, film that someone was taking and then you'll hear this uh announcer say what is happening live people heard that all over america at the same time it's pretty wild all right, uh, radio did have unintended consequences. On Halloween night in 1938, Orson Welles broadcast a dramatic reading of H.G. Wells' novel, War of the Worlds. And some people thought, even though it was a radio program, that it was real. And they, they panicked. And I think some of the panic might have been due to just the things that were going on during the Great Depression. You know, people are out of work, people are scared. And, uh, spoiler alert, but War of the Worlds, uh, the Martians attack and they're beaten by germs uh kind of weird anyway uh people thought it was real and they freaked out a little bit anyway but people still do that today don't be too judgmental of people in the 30s people read something on facebook they go out and do it uh they're like we're gonna run out of toilet paper people buy all the toilet paper we're gonna run out of uh bullets we got to go out and buy all the bullets um Paper towels, sanitizer, weird stuff people don't normally buy. You know, they're going out and buying it because they hear it on Facebook. And it's kind of like that old radio program. People freak out and get scared. Movies were also very important. Americans might not be able to pay their rent or afford a divorce or buy clothes for their kids, but they still went to the movies. Unusual, isn't it? It's because movies are an escape from the horrors of the world. Uh, you watch movies like Little Caesar, Public Enemy, The Wizard of Oz, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, not the one with Adam Sandler, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and also Gone with the Wind. Now, they saw these movies because they were welcome distractions, the, the hellscape that was America at the time. They just needed a distraction. Kind of like the way people are watching that Tiger King documentary on Netflix to not think about the corona situation. Kind of the same thing was going on back then. Comic books, also very important back then, but mostly to young people. See, young people, you know when something's not right, you know? And so kids back then, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 year olds, they knew things were bad. They didn't understand all the financial things, you know, but they knew things were bad. They knew somebody should do something. Someone unique. A regular person can do it. Someone super so uh, the comic book creators made Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and in later years, Captain America. These were exceptional individuals that could save us because regular people couldn't. So that's called the golden age of comics. That's where these guys came from, these superheroes. They're still around today, the, the movies and things. It's really big now. And it probably serves the same purpose. It takes our mind off problems we can't solve. An exceptional individual could but we're not able to. It's uh, still a thought that's around the day. Uh, in fact, let's bring this up real quick. Kids in the 30s that read comic books about Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, when they were like uh, soldiers in the 40s, when they'd grown up a little bit, they were still reading those same comics. 
and you know that's where your Captain America comes from and stuff like that. All right, moving on. The Socialist Party, they had their moment, y'all. They pointed to the Great Depression and they said, things are terrible, aren't they? This is the ultimate failure of capitalism. You guys need to listen to us and become socialist like us. I'll come back to them in a second. Take some time to look up some pictures of Dorothea Lange. Uh, she was paid by the government to uh, take pictures of farmers in the Midwest. So she traveled uh, with them, took pictures of them as they went from place to place trying to find jobs. Kind of like Mad Max on Thunder Road. He drives up one side of the road. There's nothing there. He comes back. Nothing's there either. And then they have a big fight. All right, It's just like that, except there's no big fight. The, uh, the farmers who had lost their farms would travel somewhere in, you know, uh, cars trying to find a job. Couldn't find one. They'd go somewhere else. Pretty sad. You should look that up. Pictures of Dorothea Lang. Okay, so let's talk about a very popular, important president in American history. Not really. Herbert Hoover. He was seen as ineffective. Uh, someone who didn't care about people who were out of work. And he refused to use any type of uh, means to ease the suffering of the American people. That was the perception. Homeless communities were like people who didn't have a home, who'd lost their home to the bank. Where they lived, they called them Hoovervilles, like a little town. Like, thank you, Hoover, for doing nothing. Now I'm living in a cardboard box. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I'll talk more about him when we get to uh, re-elections, but... Uh, Hoover's big plan was we're not going to use government money. What we're going to do is private institutions, uh, churches, the Salvation Army, things like that, they're going to feed the homeless people, but I'm not going to use government money to do that. And they couldn't possibly feed everybody either. You know, churches and the Salvation Army can't happen. Okay, so go to page 583 in your textbook. I'll wait. Okay, I waited long enough. In the good old days of the 1920s, uh, Congress approved a $1,000 bonus for World War I veterans to be paid in 1945. In today's money, guys, that is $18,881.61, according to Google. By 1932, though, many of these veterans, they needed that money right now. It, not now in 2020, but they, they needed it back then. And the government had the money to pay them, but guess which president said no, no payment for you veterans. That's right, Herbert Hoover. He said, no, I have the money, but you can't have it. Thanks for your service, but you can't have the money. Uh, the veterans are not happy. In June, more than 20,000 veterans called the Bonus Army. They marched on Washington, D.C., and they demanded their payments. And they set up these camps all around Washington, D.C., and they said, we're not leaving, so we get our money, our $1,000 bonus. In mid-July, President Hoover, he finally did put somebody to work. He did. He put the military to work against the veterans, and he had the military, the U.S. military, kick the veterans out of Washington, D.C. So he did finally put someone to work, but the military against the veterans. Let that sink in. He deserved to lose the election just because of that. All right, think about this for a second. The stimulus package that has passed uh, now we're probably going to, families are probably going to get uh, $1,200 each to kind of alleviate some of the financial strain we're under. Um, the bonus army just wanted $1,000, period. And it was promised to them by their own government. 
Now, they were asking for it a little early, but they had the money. Why not give it to them? I don't know. It's weird. Uh, moving on. The election of 1932 was a total blowout. Uh, the Democrats won hands down. The Republicans, for some strange, weird reason, decided to run Herbert Hoover, the most popular president ever in American history. And, of course, they lost. The Democrats ran uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt, sometimes called FDR, uh, against him and won. Now, at the same time, the socialists and the communists, communists excuse me, they ran candidates too. You can check that out in your book, how they did. Uh, but the Democrats won. Socialism is not a new concept in American politics. It's been around for a while. It usually shows up when people are uncertain and scared. It shows up then. Uh, anyway, back to the 1930s. Similar to the times we live in, the Great Depression affected many things in American life. The government took many steps to create jobs and institute social programs, some that we still have today, like Social Security. Uh, by World War II, is usually attributed to bringing America and the world out of the Great Depression. Let me say that one more time without editing, uh, <laughs> like Social Security. But World War II is usually attributed to bringing America and the world out of the Great Depression. But that is a chapter for another day. Just remember, we've reached the end of our podcast. A wise man once said, West Carroll students do great things. And that wise man was right. Maybe you're not a West Carroll student. and Maybe you're not a student at all. If you're an adult who's found this podcast by accident. You can still great. You can still do great things. We all can. Just choose to make it happen and make it happen. Until next time, people, stay safe. 